How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello, welcome back to Ask Us Anything, where popular science drills into your most important questions and your most trivial questions. I'm Lauren Young, an associate editor on Pop Size Science Desk, and I'll be your host for today. And I'm producer Jess Bodie. Before we get started today, I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping. So sadly, this episode marks the end of season three of Ask Us Anything. But, we, you know, we had a blast answering your questions from why people like popping pimples to how you can reheat pizza to perfection. So now's your chance to go back and catch any that you missed. And don't worry, we'll be back with more Ask Us Anything soon, along with a brand new season of our sister podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. So keep an eye on The Weirdest Thing feed to hear from your favorite Ask Us Anything hosts, including Lauren. <laughs> yes, as tough as it is to say goodbye, it's so sad to yeah. ask us anything, at least for just, you know, this season for a few months, mm-hmm. it'll be back. Um, I am still very psyched to be closing out the season. You know, I did actually kick off our very first episode of the season which was so fun go back and listen all about wisdom teeth Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but like our listeners too I actually I learned so much this season it was so much so much fun yeah (laughs) totally I learned a whole lot as well okay so let's get right into today's question which is can you become a morning person Yes. So I'm really excited about this question as well because sleep is just such a personal thing. You know, routine Mm. shut eye is so essential. And how we feel when we wake up has obviously a very big impact on how we live our lives, how you feel in the day. Yeah. So rest is, you know, so important that we even treat our sleep preferences like they're part of our identity. Uh, Society has essentially split up the human population into two kinds of people. You probably already guessed early birds and night owls. Totally. Yeah. It's always on like personality and aptitude tests and stuff. Exactly. It's like one of those classic, easy conversation starters. I totally. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let me break the ice. Which one are you? (laughs) Yeah. So I've always been solidly team night owl. I feel like my peak work and socializing hours come long after the sun is set. And my bedtime Mm. is typically like two or three in the morning, which I'm sure is alarming to some people. A true night owl. (laughs) A true night owl. Uh, And if you're a creature of the night like I am, it can, you know, seem like near impossible to fathom waking up at, you know, like six or seven in the morning, at least not with some like very extreme sleep deprivation or chugging like probably inhumane amounts of coffee, which is what I have to do when I have to get up that early. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I unfortunately know that far too well because I'm definitely a morning person, but like I don't go to bed early. <laughs> I just like stay up way too late streaming on Twitch and playing video games and hanging out with friends online. And 
yeah, I'm also a heavy coffee drinker. So I try to have the best of both worlds, but it doesn't always work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I certainly try to avoid it too, like that that blend. But, you know, sometimes like at least my goals and responsibilities work don't yeah. always line up with, you know, the perf- my preferred nocturnal lifestyle. Totally. Uh, but luckily, you know, there yeah, there is a lot of research out there about how to influence sleep patterns. Um, but it's not it's not exactly easy. <laughs> Sorry, night owls. You do have to battle quite the army of formidable foes, including environmental pressure, societal norms, and even our own biology. Oh, seems like the answer really won't be a snooze fest. Womp womp. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back after the break. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Okay, so Jess, you said you were kind of a morning person? Yeah, so I have a year old, she's almost like a year and a half old puppy. So we get up at like 6 or 6.30 every morning. Yeah, she's great. I love her. She is the reason I am sleep deprived, but it's fine. (laughs) It's worth it. Um, But still, even before I got her, her name's Flora. She's the best. Um, Before I got Flora, I always enjoyed getting up early. I think my mind is usually like clearest then. And I like getting stuff done when it feels like everybody else is still sleeping. It feels like that like the stolen time or something like that. Yeah. So that's how I feel, except opposite in terms of nighttime. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> so makes sense. You, you feel like, time, yeah, I guess time pauses early in the morning. But yeah, I feel similarly, actually, like about something about like kind of the stillness of like night, like very late at night, like, you know, like the 2 a.m. time yeah. is kind of <laughs> that where I go to bed, um, you know, like away from notifications and meetings, you know, that you have during the daytime. It makes me feel like calmer and more open to do some of my more like creative projects like writing. Totally. Yeah. So do people actually function better in the morning or night? Or is that just like our own like perception or, you know, what we tell ourselves to feel better about gaming till 3am or waking up for the gym at the crack of dawn? Yeah, it's not actually just in our heads. Those, Ah. you know, unique sleeping profiles. Yeah, night owls and early birds are at are what sleep researchers call chronotypes. And there are a number of factors that go into your chronotype, but your biological clock is the primary driver. It's made of tens of thousands of neurons bundled in the hypothalamus. And so together, those brain cells control our 24-hour cycles or circadian rhythms, which include, you know, important processes like our metabolism, our hormone production, temperature regulation, and of course, our sleep. So each of those bodily functions are ideally meant to occur at a specific time of day. But, you know, unfortunately, the human biological clock doesn't always keep perfect time with the Earth's revolution. Sure. So inner clocks, you know, yeah, inner clocks, they reset every day, but they can be a bit shorter or longer than 24 hours. Um, each person's, you know, ticker kind of goes at its own pace, if you will. So in fact, like actually the average uh, biological t- clock time is more like 24.2 hours. Oh, um, Yeah, it's kind of interesting, a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so sleep research 
sleep research suggests that morning people have biological clocks that speed through the cycle a little bit faster than 24 hours, while night people's clocks run slower. Plus, internal clocks might be more or less sensitive between morning and night people. So these differences in circadian rhythms are why some people are more active in later end of the day than others. Okay, cool. That actually totally explains why on nights I'm not staying up late streaming on Twitch, which is usually like super <laughs> energizing. I pretty much clonk out at like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. So yeah, your the cadence of your personal circadian rhythm can explain so much about just, you know, our habits and how we feel. <laughs> so each person's biological clock is shaped by many different factors. And there are truly so many studies out there about this. And it's a rapidly evolving field. Yeah. And, and we can definitely link to some related stories in popsci.com. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, for for now, for now, I'll give a crash course on some of the big players contributing to your sleep profile. So some can be manipulated while others might be a little bit more difficult to shake. So, for instance, your genes, they play a pretty big role. So some folks might find their schedules are just too stubborn to shift. Age also plays a part. And some variables like occupation, if you're taking any medication and weather can be tough to combat depending on the situation. One factor that sleep scientists have studied very closely is the influence of light. So humans are primed to naturally doze off when it's dark and stay alert when it's bright. The amount of light that enters our eyes controls the production of melatonin, which is a hormone that makes us sleepy. So darkness signals that it's time to pump out more melatonin, while light shuts off production of that hormone. So more light in the morning will shift internal clocks earlier, while brighter evenings will do the opposite. And studies have even actually reported that people who live further from the equator have a significant shift toward night owl sleep schedules on average because summer evenings have more daylight as the latitudes increase. Okay, and that explains why even the one-hour time shift during daylight savings throws us all off. Yes, exactly. Even just an hour shift in like that light exposure during the day, it can, it, I mean, it never fails to mess up my own sleep schedule. Totally. But as, an <laughs> yeah. but as annoying as that shift is, it should also give folks who are dissatisfied with their uh, biological clocks a little bit of hope. So, Many studies actually point to light exposure as one of the keys to converting night owls into morning people. And scientists actually put this to the test in 2019. They wanted to see if changing environmental factors could help change chronotypes. So the researchers had some, some test subjects, and uh, they were all in their late teens and early 20s and were considered extreme night owls. In other words, these were people who like preferred to go to bed around 2.30 in the morning on average and wake up you know, around 10, 15 in the morning, sort of like how I am. Yeah. <laughs> at least, uh, yeah. So yeah, at least when school and work didn't get in the way of that preferred uh, wake and sleep time. So the scientists set a three-week regimen with strict goals for factors like caffeine intake, exercise, meal times, and napping. And the participants kept detailed journals and monitored their activity with wearables. And according to the results published in the journal Sleep Medicine, this conversion method actually worked. Okay, that's wild. That's awesome. But you know, I got to ask, how strict are we talking here? <laughs> that is the the best question to ask. Nice. <laughs> and a question that I had, too, when I like learned about this study, which, again, is it's a fascinating study. Um, yeah. But the intervention 
yeah, the intervention protocol, at least for me, I felt was pretty intense. Um, and I'll, I'll run through the kind of daily schedule real quick for those who are curious. So, okay. First, you have to wake up two to three hours earlier than usual. So if your typical wake time is 11 in the morning, your day now begins at eight in the morning. Wow. (laughs) And then the next thing you got to, yeah, so yeah, three hour shift. So then you got to make sure you immediately see some sunlight. That's that's key, um, what the researchers note. And then your next priority is to eat breakfast as soon as possible after you wake up. And if you have an exercise routine, do that in the morning too. You also need to make sure you eat all your meals kind of on a set schedule. So your morning meal should be eaten at you know the same time, kind of around the same time every day, as should lunch and dinner. Any caffeine consumption has to come before 3 p.m. Naps shouldn't go past 4 p.m. And dinner shouldn't be later than 7 o'clock. So put away screens and limit light exposure after dark. That's key as well. Like your new wake times, bedtimes are shifted two to three hours earlier than usual. So, you know, a 3 a.m. bedtime should now be more like midnight. And you should also try to keep those consistent. Getting up and going to sleep within a 30-minute time window of your new target is is also key to, to kind of getting in those new habits. Yeah. Yeah. That seems super strict. You know, no hitting the snooze button. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. And the real kicker, this schedule also applies to weekends and other days like holidays where you might be enticed to sleep in. So kind of it's got it. You got to stick to it no matter what. (laughs) Right. Right. Which I guess makes sense if you're trying not to fall off the morning bandwagon. Right. So exactly. So it's to keep, you know, those night owls from relapsing back into old habits. And, you know, so if, you know, when these night owls, if they're able to stick to these hard schedules, um, it seemed to actually pay off. The scientists reported that the participants in the study experienced about a two hour shift to earlier sleep and wake times. There were actually you know, a number of benefits beyond just being less miserable about getting up for school and work. (laughs) The participants self-reported lower depression and stress. They also described faster cognition and better physical performance like grip strength during the morning hours. Oh, so there seem to be kind of a lot of perks to being an early bird. Yes. So health and sleep is something that is heavily studied, but it's also actually very hotly debated. There are countless of studies that indicate that staying up and waking up later increases the likelihood of developing serious health complications. So in 2018, for instance, there was a study that attracted some, you know, kind of alarming and arguably misleading headlines. Um, The study uh, was of more than 400,000 people, and there were uh, some researchers from Northwestern University and the University of Surrey. They found that those who identified as definite evening types had a 10% increased risk of mortality compared to those who identified as definite morning types or you know, early birds. So they found that night owls essentially were more likely to suffer from a laundry list of different diseases as well, um, such as diabetes, mental illnesses, neurological problems, gastrointestinal issues, and heart disease. Yeah, yeah, that's a little scary. It's not sounding so good for the night owls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As a night owl myself, you know, I also felt that this sounded really grim. (laughs) But this particular study, there were several factors that the researchers couldn't account for. So 
The data did not include the direct cause of mortality, which means that they don't know how much night owl habits and schedules were linked to death. They also didn't know whether or not morning or evening people were able to keep sleep schedules that were well suited to their chronotype. And this is actually a very significant point that many sleep researchers have been trying to address. Night owls are just often forced into an early bird's world, causing essentially a mismatch between their internal clocks and their daily routine routines. And I think this, you know, societal aspect of sleep is just very important to talk about. And I'd love to just take a couple minutes to, to you know, take a bit of a history lesson, I guess, <laughs> go back in time <laughs> to the, you know, pre-industrial 18th century. You know, back then, for instance, outdoor occupations like farming and manufacturing were more abundant and called for an early rising workforce. So at the time, people saw early birds as energetic and wealthy while they, you know, looked down on late risers. So those who preferred the night hours were associated with crime, drinking, and laziness. Luckily today, <laughs> things have changed. Yeah. <laughs> night owls have like less of a bad reputation, but that stigma has stuck around in other ways. The majority of schools, for instance, and job opportunities, they still favor daytime hours. Those who are more active in the evening might get less quality sleep. Even those who are able to find a job that better fits their chronotype might suffer ill effects because, you know, exercise, socialization, nutritious food, is, you know, a bit harder to come by when the rest of society is still majorly asleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's also important to remember that a lot of the people who get the least sleep or the lowest quality sleep are already facing other inequalities and disadvantages that can hurt their health and well-being. So it can really compound a lot of issues in our most vulnerable communities. And all these adverse effects are why researchers are increasingly treating sleep patterns and sleep deprivation as a public health issue. And unfortunately, <laughs> this is all kind of going to become more relevant as time goes on. Our biological clocks have already started shifting more toward the night owl chronotype ever since, you know, the introduction of electricity. Smartphones and screens have also not made the situation any better. Technology has naturally made everyone lengthen their days because there's more to do, both in terms of business and recreation after dark. Right. So what's a night owl to do? What's the solution? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So if you're really dedicated, you can follow this 2019 study protocol on your own. If you do, getting that early morning light exposure is really, really important. Um, Eve Van Cotter, a sleep researcher at the University of Chicago, says that the sunlight is a powerful way to kind of ease the transition from sleep to wakefulness. And she suggests going for a walk outside when you wake up or even, you know, just sitting in a sunny room or by like an open window even can help do that trick. Um, although the trickier part of the study to follow is maybe turning down the lights and turning off screens at the evening. I know I have this problem when I go to bed. Yeah, I do too. I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of other people do these days. Um, so most devices emit blue light, a wavelength which is particularly good at mimicking the sun. So plus whatever you're watching or reading or doom scrolling is probably keeping you up too. <laughs> Some even say that this contributes to bedtime procrastination, where people have poor self-regulation and delay going to bed. Like, you know, when you stay up kind of watching Netflix or reading the next chapter of your book or, you know, playing video games, all those things mm -hmm. <laughs> delay going to bed. <laughs> but if you've been able to banish screens and you're still finding yourself laying in bed, unable to fall asleep, 
at an earlier bedtime, many experts recommend, you know, kind of drinking tea, meditating, or taking melatonin to help you adjust to the new schedule. But again, so if none of this works, <laughs> all the all the right. above doesn't work, none of these tricks works, <laughs> scientists say it's totally okay. <laughs> I actually tried out the 2019 study schedule myself because I, you know, wanted to see if I can inherit some of these slightly earlier wake time habits. It would be kind of nice to shift my schedule around, but I actually work a late night shift on the side at a library and I was very unsuccessful at sticking to the regimen and I'm not mm. the only one. And the study authors acknowledge that this is a grueling process, this schedule that they had set, and it won't work for people sure. with inflexible jobs, early school sessions or sleep disorders or other conditions like OCD and ADHD, which can significantly impact sleep cycles. But there is a silver lining. Some researchers like Gideon Dunster at the National Institutes of Mental Health say we shouldn't fight our biological clocks. It's the schedules that actually need changing to better fit our chronotypes. And, you know, hopefully we're kind of beginning to move towards the ability to choose more flexible lifestyles. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, and it definitely seems like there's a big movement towards remote work. Yeah, and that flexibility. Exactly. So increased yeah. remote work from home jobs and schooling is making it possible for some night owls to thrive. And it's actually kind of an interesting time to be a sleep scientist right now because the state of sleep across the globe obviously got a huge shakeup by the pandemic. It's a, it's still a bit too early to tease apart all the impacts, but some preliminary studies have shown about 60% of Americans are struggling with pandemic-related insomnia. While other studies have shown that there's actually some positive outcomes, like a study, for instance, on a group of high school students who got more sleep and higher quality rest during the lockdown. And another study of Italians who prefer working later hours found that the flexibility of working from home boosted health and quality of life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that like really is like a shakeup across the board. Um, and it seems like now's the time to maybe listen to your body, figure out your chronotype. Uh, and hopefully you have, you know, a flexible gig that lets you experiment with swapping into a morning person or a night owl. Um, personally, I don't think I'll be able to do that with my needy little puppy. You know, we're going to continue getting up early, but for those of you who are able, like maybe now's the time to check things out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there are just oh, there's a lot of appealing reasons to become a morning person. And the decision to make a change, as you said, is ultimately up to the up to the individual. So, you know, while your chronotype doesn't have to run your life, sleep and wake cycles are embedded within our biology. So at the end of the day, it might be better and ultimately healthier to embrace your inner night owl or morning lark and listen to your body, because at the end of the day, it knows best when it needs to rest. Yeah. Wow. I love that. This has been such a lovely journey of self-discovery. Um, thanks so much, Lauren. Anytime. Thanks so much for having me. Got a question for the editors at Popular Science? Send an email to ask at popsci.com. Ask Us Anything is produced by the editors of Popular Science. This episode was written and reported by Lauren Young, with additional reporting by Isabel Whitcomb, Neil Patel, and Kate Bagley. Editing and audio engineering was by me, Jess Bodie. Big thanks to Billy Cadden for writing our theme song and to Katie Belloff for creating our logo. If you like our show, consider rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. It helps us out a lot. For more PopSci audio content, be sure to check out our sibling podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. Thanks for listening.